This is exactly right. Welcome to 2022 and our first premium episode of this year, 2022, A Parent Footprint with Dr. Dan. We answer your questions every month on the special bonus episode. Remember, you can email us your questions at podcast at drdanpeters.com or DM us on social media. We read and review every single question and would love to answer yours on a future episode. This is our first sitting down with Dr. Dan of the 2022 series. And I am here with Laura, our amazing producer and a mom of teenage boy-girl twins. Hey, Laura. Hi, Dr. Dan. Hi. Welcome to 2022. I can't believe it. It's another year means another new year. questions, new episodes, new bonus episodes. So this month, um, we received questions from Instagram. And from email, we love our listeners. We really do read every single question and every single comment. So thank you and keep them coming. The first question is from Amy on Instagram. What is the best way to, and this is this is her language, which I loved, to taper down a teen's online gaming without too much drama? <laughs> oh, man. So anyone who is a parent of a teen is dealing with this and this was this was an issue before the pandemic and you know with the pandemic we have this uh love hate relationship with technology and with electronics because it's kept us all together and of course like everything there can be too much of it so i do like i like the word also or taper down um and that is Mm -hmm. actually a good way of looking at it because i think we tend to be extreme and worry at times and which can look like control over control, taking the things, locking them up. And, you know, sometimes there's extreme situations. We're not talking about the extreme situations. Um, really mm-hmm. the best place to start is with a conversation with your teen about, Hey, I've just noticed you've been playing a lot, or at least it seems that way from my perspective, the reason that's important is because remember, you don't know anything as a parent of a teenager and you, and quote, everyone else is playing as much as them, right? So there's, you're coming into a conversation with, um, you know, not necessarily an open audience. So you want to work really hard to relate and keep your energy down. Like if you have to go for a run, if you have to meditate, just chill. You don't want to bring any anger or emotion into the room. You really want to have an inquisitive conversation. Like, hey, this is what I've noticed. How does, what does it feel like for you? You know, sometimes your kids will actually say, actually, Mm -hmm. I've been playing a lot more than usual. Or they'd be like, no, it's fine. And then say, hey, I've just been thinking about is there a way to maybe get a little time off screen and a little more balance with other stuff? And balance might not be the right word because mm-hmm. balance is like, it's hard to get balance, but you know, there's homework, there's, you know, having conversations with people, there's getting outside, there's exercise. And you're really trying to start a conversation 
to see if you can get an active participant and be like, you know what, that makes sense. Or, hey, maybe, you know what, maybe I can do this instead of this. The kids might, they're going to surprise you. They are not always going to be entrenched. What they're going to do is combat you when you try to control them. You know what I'm saying? Laura's mm-hmm. nodding her head. Parent of teenagers, I, um, right? Like, <laughs> yes. it, like what, 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 what has been your experience? Um, I know that you have at least at least one who yes. likes likes technology, correct? Yeah, two, two, yeah, and yeah, I, you yeah. know, I, I probably couldn't nod my head any more than I'm yeah. already nodding it because this is such an emotional topic, mm-hmm. and you know, and then you add the teen piece, and the teen yeah. piece. Don't tell me what to do. Don't boss me around. You know, that applies to everything, whether you're saying, can you put that plate in the dishwasher or don't use your phone as much. It's just the minute you are uttering a command, they have their defensive reaction. So um, before I get into our two kids, I want to say that I'm making a note of your your advice to bring a calm energy and kind of a chill demeanor to this particular topic because- For us, we are trying to be doing the right thing as parents, modeling the right thing, but we're we're going into this ready to kind of demand what we think we want. So coming into it chill, brilliant advice. Yeah. Um, I want to say that the last two years I've seen in my own teens, but then in friends and family members that kids of all ages, we all kind of let our guard down. And I think because mm-hmm. we've all been home so much, we're, we have let technology take over. So this yeah. is a really timely and important question. It's just a battle. A lot of us haven't had the energy to fight. Mm-hmm. So the glimmer mm-hmm. of hope that I want to give parents um, of teens as minor kind of exiting those years and then even younger kids is I have seen this miraculous thing called self-regulation start to happen with yeah. both of my children. Mm-hmm. And I think planting the seeds of not doing too much, go outside, using that word balance a little bit over the years has now resulted in both my son and daughter realizing they've had their head down and their thumbs flying around for too long. And they are starting to take their own breaks. So that's an encouraging thing, but we still have to parent it because if you add in the screens from school, the zooms that are, you know, kind of taking the place still of a lot of kid activities, And then maybe even family TV time, the eyes of all of us are really on an electronic Mm -hmm. device more than I even want to log. Like when I look at my hours sometimes on my iPhone. So that's been our experience is at this age, gentle reminders. But over the years, making sure... That they're that they're doing other things. Um, yeah. What yes. Do you think? Yeah. For Am I sure. Something? Yeah. <laughs> With the self regulation. Sure. The self regulation. It's um. It's important that you shine the light on the road for people because we do tend to get a f- scared by what we see in the moment as being something that either is going to stay that way or the slippery slope to something worse. And we know mm-hmm. most of the time with maturity and frontal lobe development self-regulation increases and our kids go from instead of trying to get away with something and not get caught it's more about how they want to live their own life as opposed to just trying to sneak around right because it's like it's your life you know it's your life and the other thing that um i was thinking about as you're talking um as you know we did recently did a podcast with dr ken ginsburg um and authority on teenagers and parenting and communication and resilience. It's not released yet. But what he said 
for those people to go back and hear this is he talked about his his latest book is about you know, uh, dispelling them a lot of the myths about he's very pro teenager, the myths about teenagers that mm. like, they're always going to fight back. They just want to do what they want that, you know, all of these things that we go into a room thinking like, well, I've got to take control of this situation because they want to control the situation. And I need to show them the, these are the rules in my house. And when we go in with these sort of attitudes, you're, of course, you're going to get pushback because first of all, That's it so is part true. of, uh, it is, in there as part of the developmental need for independence and autonomy. But it's also like game on, just like we would do if someone came into the room and told us, hey, you're not doing that anymore, or you're doing less of that, or we're in charge. Right? So I like that. That would be a great episode for all of us. I like the idea of, hey, go in the room with the expectation that there's someone there who will engage in a conversation with you in some way. And if not right then, you're going to try again because it's someone who will talk with you and share their ideas if they're given the space. And then the goal would be some agreements or ideas to try out could happen that then could be reassessed and checked in upon, right? We don't need to make this a ginormous thing, even though it's important to monitor it and chip away at it and make it a priority. Right, but approaching it from a place of love, trust, and respect rather than a battle that you're going into. I think that should be life-changing. So I hope, Amy, um, you're hearing this episode and that that works. And um, onward to question number two. This is a little bit of a longer one, and I don't know if this article I'm going to mention is behind a paywall or not. I assume it probably is. But question number two came in the form of an email. Did Dr. Dan read this story? And then they included a link to a New York Times article, date 1-23-2022 in the parenting section. And the headline is Mom Screaming something, something. And um, goes the, uh, the writer goes on to say that the article states how the pandemic has been relentless for mothers. So I assume this is a mom writing. Mm-hmm. This recent New York Times article talks about a group of mothers getting together in person to just scream on an empty sports field one night in Massachusetts. What can mothers and fathers do to recharge? We are still early in the marathon of this pandemic and we need help and advice, Dr. Dan, exclamation point. So first of all, before you answer, I did look up this article and it literally is a bunch of women getting together at night somewhere in Massachusetts, you know, in their winter clothes. It's just happened. And they did like primal screaming. Yeah, like after I was going to say, it reminds me of primal scream therapy back in the 70s. <laughs> I thing? think it was. It was, it was a thing. Primal really? scream therapy. Oh, it, it's apparently still a thing. But yeah, that was okay. a thing. Okay. First of all, I never heard of that term, but yeah. I knew Dr. Dan and I am yeah. not Dr. Laura. Yeah. So I would love to have you unpack the screaming part because now I'm super curious. And then also, like this sort of says a lot about at least moms and I guess dads too, about yeah. what we're all going through. But I imagine yes. this is younger kids going to a field to scream sounds really like, yeah, get it out, mm, get little, it out. Yeah. So first to validate. Yeah. I mean, this has been a slug, a slog. It is a marathon. When I heard, when I heard that said, I'm like, uh, with a lot to go, I'm like, oh God, I'm going to be hopeful. Like we, we have to, I, I, if I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling hopeful. Omicron is getting weaker and whatever this new thing that might be somewhere, which there's always a new thing. There's go no reason away. to think that it's going to be <laughs> right. any stronger. 
So hopefully the virus is starting to do, it's doing what we know them to do. Glass half full. That's where we come from on this team and podcast. Yes. Um, But there are parents screaming and (laughs) maybe resurrecting an old kind of therapy. But back to the actual question. This just feels like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It is a lot. And, um, you know, a lot of the time, it does fall on mothers. Of course, not all the time. There are a lot of fathers who are single fathers, uh, parents working at home, people who are both working. So, I mean, there's every there's every combination going on right here. And to validate, man, moms always, almost always have the heavier load in the child raising. Again, and I'm saying that with the caveats, people, but yes. I just want to acknowledge motherhood. Like... Yeah. So I think that's fair, Dan, yeah, and okay. not to pause yeah. it for one second, but yeah. there have been a lot of articles just as your producer over these last two years of the pandemic, really, you know, studies on the actual yeah. hours and time spent and effects on mothers and just yeah. it's disproportionately on um, our shoulders. And again, there are many versions of this that don't follow by those kind of stereotypes, but it's, you know, caused yeah. people to leave the workforce yeah. in the mom role. It's made a lot of changes. So a lot of changes and exhausting. Go moms. <laughs> yes. Go moms. Exhausting. And, um, moms are in many ways in survival roles, right? There's like, we're just surviving. You're surviving. You're getting your, you're dealing with your kids, the physical aspects of their, you know, their physical needs. Many kids these days, their emotional needs, the isolation, the disappointment of the canceled activities, um, the lack of socialization. So it is a lot, right? It is like a ton. And, and as we always talk about on the show, we have, we have parents have to try to be the best, healthiest versions of ourselves. We have to. So I guess the first thing is just validating all of this. And then is how can you get a little something for yourself? How can you get um, a little time alone? Can you read a book? Can you parent share? Can you family share? You know, it's like, it's not about quantity. It's about quality. Do you have time for a walk? Do you have time to meditate? Do you have time to sit and look out the window at a tree? Like it's like anything that you can do for you is necessary Mm -hmm. and it's not a luxury, right? Because of course, there's plenty of mom guilt, parent guilt that goes with this. It's like, oh my gosh, I, you know, I, they're the, I need to work, I need to do this for them. I'm last. And you know what? The reality is a lot of times you are last, but I, the message is please try not to be last when you can. Like treat, right. please it's try to like, prioritize. Uh, yeah. On the airplane, right? Would you kind yeah. of say, I mean, it's sort of oh, put for your sure. mask on yeah. first yeah. That's the, and then you help know, your child. Exactly. People always talk about the oxygen mask and yeah. it's like, if we go down, our kids go down. Like they need us. They need us. And, right. um, you know, a also recent podcast um, that we just had about mental health. And we have to acknowledge that parents are dealing with mental health issues too. And it's real. And you just have to do the best you yes. can and reach out for help when you need it because you can't do it alone. That's really good advice. I'm really hearing that because, um, you know, I am... I am an empath. So reading this article and and getting this really terrific question, it's kind of been haunting me because I don't remember in all my years of parenting 
and you know, my kids are almost out of the teens, ever seeing anything even remotely kind of serious about moms needing to go somewhere to scream. You know, I think about kind yeah. of the movie tropes where it's like the mom in the car screaming and being silly in, in sort of like a comedy or a rom-com. But mm-hmm. you know, this really kind of stuck with me that mm-hmm. it, it just, it feels primal. And yeah. that's why I use that word. And, and hearing yeah. you say that there's even a therapy with that same name, you know, it just feels like people are doing their best, but they're suffering. And so, you know, maybe it isn't so funny, but maybe if a mom listening to this is feeling some desperation, you know, maybe you need to take a drive and blast some music or scream some lyrics, or maybe go somewhere where, you know, people can't yeah. see you and maybe scream in your car or just, yeah. I mean, I never thought about that level of just exhaustion and tiredness. And mm-hmm. I have to go back and rewind the clock of if I were raising my twins as babies or toddlers during this time, Yeah, I don't think, I can't imagine the layers of stress mm-hmm. because I have functioning, mm-hmm. you know, adult children and it's hard. And so I think about yeah. these folks in the trenches and that like their time to themselves is going to a cold field and screaming. It's like, right. Wow. Humanity is amazing. And it is, you know, because it also these speaks, people are like heroes. heroes. Exactly. And it, it speaks to how creative we can be as humans. Um, and we've had to be creative during the pandemic and continue to be creative. And this is a group of moms who are very like, this is a creative way to get connection and to get release um, and to, um, to, to engage in wellness for them, right? It's like, it's a purposeful yeah. activity to help themselves feel better and get what they need. Yeah. It feels like real life resilience. So what I'll do yeah. in our show notes, I will put the link again, I'm warning all the listeners that I know some of these articles at places like the New York times and other, um, media outlets, there are, there are paywalls, but some articles are free or you could read one for free. So I will put this there. Um, thank you to our listener for drawing this really interesting kind of just, you know, made me pause type story and question to our attention here at Parent Footprint. Question number three. Oh, this one's going to challenge you, Dan. It's asking for advice for different age groups. So are you ready? Okay. okay. What are the best ways to say no? And that is written in caps. This was also an email. Can Dr. Dan give us advice for toddlers, tweens, and teens? We have one of each. Oh, my goodness. Well, you're busy. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Dr. Dan. Oh, what? This is our first ever from two parents that love your show. So again, I'm not going to make any kind of assumptions. So it's two parents. It could be two moms, two dads, a mom and a dad, or however you identify. But um, that's really cool. So that's really cool. Are, are people really listening cool. to the show together? That would yeah. be amazing. Yes, that's what we want. Okay. Saying no is, well, I was going to say it's hard, but sometimes it's actually too easy too. Right? So like... <laughs> It's a, a really important word. And the reason I said too easy is sometimes we go to the other side and just go, nope, 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 nope. Like, like we barely even like hear the end of the sentence and we just aren't having it. We just are like, don't have much. It's like, no, <laughs> um, this, so I'm going to start this by, um, paraphrasing a quote from, um, Scott Peck's classic and amazing book, the road less traveled. And in the parenting chapter, which I read long before I was ever a parent or married. It just like just stuck with me. 
was he said something like this. It doesn't matter whether you say yes or no to your kids. What matters most is that they know you spent the time considering it. And wow. so that context, I'm going to like bring in that context to show it's so much more than the actual yes or no. Our kids want to know that we, that we love them, that they're safe, and that we have their back. And if they feel all that, then they feel really free to argue with us because they feel safe <laughs> enough to do so and get their needs met, right? Right? So That's so, so true. Yeah. So for the younger ones, I think it's just easy. I mean, ta- again, they're, they, these kids' mission is to not accept a no and to explore the environment as a toddler, right? Like, I'm going to climb here. I'm going to grab that. I'm going to color on this wall. That's how they I'm going to rip I mean, this, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's not totally how they learn. And but it's, it can drive I think it's you. careful to say, <laughs> it's, it's important to say, it's important for us to set limits. So saying no is also, is really about setting limits. So what is okay? What is not okay? And why? And as your kids get older, you are going to use, it's helpful to use more description behind your final answer of no. So for a a little kid, no, we can't do that right now. It's too late for chocolates. Or no, we don't Mm. write on the wall. We write on paper. Or, you know, like it's, you have to give an explanation, but just know you're, if you have a spirited kids, which spirited strong-willed kids that many of us do, they don't just say, okay, thanks, mommy, you know, or thanks, dad, whatever. Like it just, they keep pushing. So it's keeping a firm limit and repeating the reason why, because you're trying to, when we say discipline, it actually means to teach, right? We're trying to teach your child a lesson. And I would say as you get, as you go up this chronological age chain to a tween, their job too is they're right in between, right? They're in between kid, they're in between being a teenager, like they're pre getting to closer preteen, and they're trying to figure everything out as well and understand where the limits are. I remember with my teen, I would get frustrated when she would text me questions that seemed so outlandish, like, can we all sleep at so-and-so's house without a parent? Or could we're going to go to this? And I'd be like, what? I would just be like, what is she at? And so I text back. And then later when I talked to her, she'd say, dad, it's not like I thought you would say yes. I just asked a question. And I realized I was like bringing all of this like, just because they ask and want something doesn't mean they always really want it. They're just trying to keep pushing and pushing and pushing. So with your tween, you're doing using more language to explain why something's okay or what is not okay. You can also say, you know what, let me think about that. Or, you know, I'm not sure, but I'd like to give it more thought. Man, that's showing them that you actually care. Um, and then, well, is it a maybe? We do this a lot in our family, used to do this a lot in our family. Well, we realized that maybes to our kids meant yes. So after a while, we said, they said, you said we could. We said, we said maybe. And then we said, okay, guys, here's the deal. We are going to decide as a family whether we can keep the word maybe in our family or not. So if you guys can agree that, what does maybe mean? And they're like, well, maybe we can and maybe we can't. We're like, okay, if we can agree on that definition, we'll use maybe. But if maybe always means yes, you guys, we're just going to remove it and we'll be forced to say no when actually we have a real maybe. 
So that was another right. way of discussing with them, and that actually changed the dialogue a little bit. And then moving on to um, teenagers. We have to remember that teenagers are in identity development. They are dealing, whether they are you know middle schoolers, high schoolers, they are dealing with lots of identity questions. They're dealing with social questions, um, sexual identity. Que- like There's so much going on. And they're seeing often a lot of social media and they're just trying to fit in. And so they're going to push and they're going to ask for things that you're like, oh my gosh, this, I never would have done this or thought of this. First thing we need to do is stop comparing our teenagehood to theirs because it is very different in context and lived experience, right? Some fundamental identities, that's all the same, but in terms of real time, so we need to put aside what we did because we are now old people. Like we are outdated and we need to like, <laughs> we need to be aware of what's going on as best we can to, to try to understand what our kids are dealing with. And then it's talking to them. It's having conversations. It's questioning when they say, yeah, can I go to um, my first concert two hours away with just my friends? Can I have this sleepover? Can I go to this beach? Whatever it is, like um, is saying like, okay, so who's going? How did this come to be? How do you guys think you would handle this? Um, huh, how are you actually feeling about would you like do you really want to do this or are you kind of on the fence? Like engage in a conversation, mm-hmm. show them that you care, and then if you can, take some time to think about it. And when you have it, when you come up with the question, your solution, if it's a no, it's like, hey, I know you're not gonna like this, but hear me out. And then give them an explanation right. that shows what your thinking is and then gives them when they, something to talk back about, like in the sense like, okay, so are you saying that when I'm older, I could do something like that? Or, and, and it might be like, yeah, we do. After we see a little of this and this, or it might be actually, no, we are not morally comfortable with that. And, right. and again, you're sharing yourself about yourself, your family values, and you're trying to engage your kid instead of just assume a disengagement battle is going to happen. Right. There are a lot of lessons there. And um, I want to just highlight a couple. Um, One is just hearing the method for talking to your teens and your older teens about these choices. And, you know, still remembering that, you know, maybe buried in that could be a little bit of are you asking because maybe you're not so sure you want to do this? You know, are you mm-hmm. kind of asking us to give you guidance or give you an out? Um, all of this just makes me have kind of a warm feeling about approaching your teen and especially your older teen, you know, as a young adult and having a respectful conversation that is allowing for mutual decision making because you're going to have your kids out of the house, most likely, you know, if they're 17, 18, 19, you know, at some point in, in the years surrounding some of these conversations and they need to learn to have some confidence in kind of where they're coming from or how to, when they're not with us, make a really good decision that's kind of rooted in what we've taught them. So I love that. Um, I also am, I was covering my mouth laughing because, and our engineer, um, happens to be my brother, Phil Rossi, in our house, maybe meant no. And so I'm sure he's laughing right now. He's off camera and off air and muted, but we're the opposite. So anytime we heard maybe my brother Uh, and my sister and I, it was like an automatic no. He's putting in the chat right now. He's laughing. laughing. I mean, he's laughing. Yeah. 
the maybe was basically they just said no. And mm-hmm. so thinking back to my children, I think we were, I tried to be kind of split down the middle. So 50% of the time, maybe was yes. Yeah. And 50% of the time in our house, maybe was no. And it's, it's a really loaded word. Um, yeah. But as I see, you know, kind of the clock is turning um, on our episode. I want to just ask you as your producer and also as a parent yeah. about this no question as it pertains to your children in college. And I know you have this yeah. in your family as well. So yeah. the no's at home and the no's on break and even having a conversation are one thing when they're in your house. When they're at college, they're making all their own decisions and there's no place for no's unless they reach out to us. And so, you know, how do you make sure that you're giving your young adult space to feel grown up Mm -hmm. at college? And then when they come home to, you know, kind of not just mindlessly regressing as a parent and also for the the child, like what, what can we do to, um, because you know, it's different when they're here 24 seven. And I know launching our daughter yeah. And she came home and I realized even a few of advice um, conversations. Do I have a right to really give her a yes or a no? If it's that's a, that's not a really good question. Me. Yeah. So well, any I advice think, well, on I that? Think, I mean, yeah. We're kind of navigating yeah. it in real time. You a little, you're a little yes. further along, I think with your yeah. own. A few more years, a few more years um, in that. We've yeah done that for a few more years, um, but definitely so have been in that do, situation. Dan? So <laughs> for me, so here's but what also all the listeners. Yeah. yeah. So I, here's what I would say. First of all, if your child is living independently, they're doing they're making a lot of choices, and they are you know they are taking care of themselves, or to whatever degree they're taking care of themselves, they're living their life. Um, and to your point, Laura, we don't get to say have even the opportunity for a yes or no unless we're asked a question that requires our yes or no. You know, so um, for the break, do you mind if I do this or can I do this? Well, you know, there's there's going to be a future, there's going to be some parts of it. Like, well, you know, are we? do I have to pay for it? Um, is it something <laughs> that I think is safe given what's going on right now? And I think we have to guide, but at the same time, I feel like if we're being if we're being true to ourselves and our kids, trying to raise these adults that um, communicate, think things through, and are connected to the family, we want to engage in dialogue with them, and ultimately they come up right. with the answer with our guidance. Right? Those are like yeah. the bigger to- the bigger topics. I think for home, I think the yes and no's more relate to something that impacts you. Right. So if it's um, the here's one that's curfew. Right. So this is a classic one. Well, mom, you don't know what time I come home or go to sleep when I'm gone. And so I don't think I should have a curfew um, when I'm home. Um, I'm used to just kind of going with whatever's going on. All right. That's fair. Right. And what you might say there is instead of no, no, you need to be home like you were in high school by one o'clock because you're living under our roof. That one seems restrictive to Mm -hmm. me. But if you're, say, like many parents, like in in our house, it's like, okay, hey, what we need you to do is text us if you're going to be gone past this very late time. Um, And we'd appreciate a text when you get home so we can sleep better because we just don't sleep as well. You know, and like that's an example of it's way different. That's really good advice. You know, it's not, no, you can't go out till three in the morning. 
it's more like, hey, we just need to know that you're safe and we, we, you know, what's going on a little bit because we're now living together again. So I, I feel like the no's are the no's are very. There's not a lot of no's. They're safety issues. They're moral issues. But when you have an 18 year old right. who's living on their own, even when they're visiting you, you want a relationship where they want to come back because they can be their own people in the context of that their family. Right. And they're kind of blossoming into their adulthood. Um, Yeah. yeah, These are some things I'm going to kind of ponder. And I'm sure some of our listeners will as well, because they're, you know, when we just both mentioned this idea of you, you're not really giving these, getting these opportunities for a yes or no, unless your child who may be hundreds or thousands of miles away reaches out to you. And so one thing that I think about is they're also not volunteering a lot when they're home. So like you said, the the yeses and the nos are limited and it's, I'm always thinking as I'm navigating this as a new you know, parent of a college kid is just when to ask what yeah. looks like being nosy, what looks sort of intrusive and prodding and what falls right. under the category of you're living under our roof. But right. um, this is yeah. great because it's yeah. sort of, you took us through, you know, kind of the, the youngest kiddos that are just starting to understand and maybe be able to say the word no to mm-hmm. our young adults that, you know, we've kind of done our job and we're launching them and now we can explore a new relationship. So yes. Yeah. And let me add one good, thing. Good? Let me add one thing to that because I think the question changes when they're living in our house, can I go to, can I, and then that's a yes or no. Ideally our young adults are calling us and saying, hey, I was wondering if you think I should. Now we're engaging Mm. in a conversation with them because they're asking our opinion. And our opinion might be, actually, I don't know that it's a great idea to double major in that. And, And that's not a no, that's our advice. And you might get a call next week, go, hey, I actually decided to do it, right? It's like, because it's their call. Right. Yeah. Oh, that that's great. That, I, that's a really cool distinction yeah. because yeah. we can all evolve from the yes, no dynamic into yeah. conversations and the kinds that we had, even though we're older, that we all did have to sort of have those milestones, whether they look different now or not. So yes, listeners, I hope you loved this episode as much as I did. I think we covered a lot. I'm going to let Dan take us out um, as he always does. And we, you know, we're so grateful for your questions. Um, I'm on the front lines engaging with you. And so is Dr. Dan, please keep reaching out. And if we can't answer your question on a show, um, I promise we'll, we'll send you an email or point you in the direction for advice or um, just kind of let you know where you can find answers. Yes. Thanks, Laura. Always fun. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening today. We so love you being a part of our premium episode family. We also so appreciate your five-star reviews, your passing on episodes, and helping bring in amazing people to our community. So as you know, be sure to listen to our regular episodes, Parent Footprint with Dr. Dan, which drops every Thursday. And of course, these premium bonus episodes every month. You can follow us at Parent Footprint Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and on Twitter at Dr. Dan Peters. And you can see a whole bunch of stuff at our website, www.drdanpeters.com. As always, I will leave you with the guiding question, what footprint do you want to leave?
This has been a Peters and Rossi production. Parent Footprint with Dr. Dan is produced by Laura Rossi. Our engineer is Phil Rossi. Theme music is Mountain Spring High, composed and performed by Gabriel Lewis. Artwork is by Garrett Ross. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Parent Footprint Podcast and on Twitter at Dr. Dan Peters. If you are an advertiser interested in advertising on our show, go to midroll.com forward slash ads. For more information, go to exactlyrightmedia.com. Listen, subscribe, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.